Okay. Like, so professional. Here we go. Welcome to the Live Support Podcast with your host, Michelle Van Dusen and June Colson, a couple of clean comedians who support each other and others through comedy's wacky and whining roads. I hope you're ready. Get set. Let's go. Since podcasts have a catchy tune, we wrote this song for Michelle and June. Clean comedians are best friends, too. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and you never know what they'll say or do. Here we go. Sing with me. I'm with Michelle, who's really short, we'll have a ball, ball, ball. With June, who's really tall, they have fun, fun, fun. Interviewing comedians on lots of board, board, board. With Michelle, who's really short. Network, the award-winning podcast. I am June Colson here with my co-host Michelle the Narwhal. Jeez, Louise, people! If you're listening to this podcast, this is going to be the one that you have to go watch. Go watch it on, watch it on the Creative Motion Network because right now, Michelle, what is happening to your face? What is on your face right now? Okay, so I am wearing. A uh, cream lighten up skin made in Korea Norwal <laughs> mask um, because our our guest today is like um, she's like super pretty and super girly and and like yes. you know and I thought I better get prepared and try to make myself look better than I ever have before and um, I think I'm crushing it right now. Can I, think I I'm just say? It. That yeah. had you not shown me the box, I would have not known it was. Is it Norwal or Narwhal? Norwal, and I was trying to work on my Norwal noises, and oh, I have don't know what that. I don't know how to do it. Um, I know that they spit try. Water. Just try, try. It, I, I, I can't. I can't. So, um, this but is all you're getting. You, if you were, if you were a real one, what what noise would you make, Michelle? Help me! I'm drowning. <laughs> That's not a noise. That's a statement. That's just a statement. You're right. That means I'd be. I'm I'm struggling so much with looking at your face right now. Um, But that's okay. That's okay. So our guest today, listen, I have to tell you. Okay. First of all, this morning, guess where I've been? Um, I'm guessing you went shopping because that's what you do. I don't shop. I'm not. Well, okay. So I'm not a shopper, like a fancy shopper. I'm a like Dollar Tree. um, That's shopping. That type of thing. But today, today, Michelle, I went to the book fair. I went to the book fair this morning at the elementary school that I used to work at. Yes. And I went and visited my friends and and I got to shop with a little friend who didn't have a shopper to be with her. And it was amazing and it was awesome. And and look, look at the book I got. You got to see the book I got. Okay. I love it because you're in a disguise today. This is the book I bought, right? I got it. It was on it was on clearance, of course. I spent five whole dollars, which is a lot for me. And it's a book with like it's dogs in disguise. me so happy oh great i so hope you don't I, show that to your dog because you know what's going to happen is radar is now going to be dressed up in a bunch of outfits that's what's going to happen you're going to start dressing Michelle, up radar mm-hmm. radar time his name is radar 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 <laughs> which i know today you're not going to mess Raider. up the name of our guest because no. you're going to get you're going to get it right but here's the cutest part right. i'm checking out right 
and the mm -hmm. librarian lady, she's got an assistant and she goes, oh, that's so cute. Who are you getting that for? And I'm like, me? <laughs> it's dogs and costumes. It's for me. Like, who else would I buy this book for? Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Okay. So we have an amazing guest today. And, and, yeah. and I told you, I had to tell you something that happened at the book fair. Yes. What I'm leaving and I see a fifth grade teacher and what is she wearing on her head? What is she wearing on her head? A hat? One of these. <gasps> what? Ooh. Seriously. And I was like, Miss Glass, what is this? And she goes, oh, I've crowned. I've crowned all the fifth graders at school. Like <laughs> all the fifth graders in her, like, you know, in her wing of the building, every fifth grader she has given my, look, I, I am a crooked crown kind of gal. She has given <laughs> every one of those students a crown. And on Friday, they all come to school and I look in and her classroom is filled with children wearing crowns and tiaras. Okay. Is Cause that... I was like, does she know the difference between a crown and tiara? We'll have to ask our guest today yeah, about yeah, that yeah. because they there all, is a they, huge difference. There is. Yeah. Isn't that awesome though? So Miss Glass, shout out to Miss Glass at Bristol Elementary for doing something absolutely amazing. And I know our guest today totally is going to appreciate yeah. that. So yeah. Michelle, Michelle with one L, tell us who's on the show today. Okay. So Sally Bauke is a professional comedian, motivational speaker. She's an author, a nurse. She has engaged thousands of people over the stage over the last like two decades. She's got women of all ages. She's in she encourages encourages them. She's entertained them. And people are inspired by Sally's unique humor and transparent heart. And she brings authentic hope. So she's been taking like hope and humor to the like the next level. So let's welcome Funny Gail Sale, okay. Sally Bauke to the Laugh Support Podcast. You guys get started. I'll be back. Okay. And she'll be Oh, whoa. <laughs> Sally. Hello. You How look fantastic you? today. You've come to the royal kennel, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so, are you a tiger, a tigress? I am. Right? Is that is that your mask? Yeah, that is it. Uh, and you know what? I actually use these. And I was with my mom on vacation last year, and the and the housekeeper, you know, came in to change the sheets in the hotel, mm -hmm. and I just answered the door like this, and I scared her to death. It was in oh. Mexico, and she was not sure what was happening. Ah! Oh, I hope that's not what your skincare is doing to you, June, because that's the problem. <laughs> okay, so Sally sent mask, and I was like, wait, I didn't get a mask, but she thought that Michelle and I were together. So I'm like, look, it's okay. I'm good. I'm good. I could do this too. Yes, I you have mask. This. You have a tiara. Really, what else do you need? Oh, I need a tiara. Here we go. I got there this. Go. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah I have crown. so many. I could do that. I could do this. Michelle's got the crowns. I have the mask. And okay, I was kind of jealous of your crown. So I have a bigger one. I'm just going to slap <gasps> that on there. Ooh, That's the only one I wear on stage. Man. Is there a thing called, is there crown envy? Can you have crown envy? Because I, I Oh, do. I do. I have. Yes. Yeah. So I have, uh, yeah, that one's, that one's kind of big, but I'll just put on this more demure. This is my, <laughs> this is my skincare mask <laughs> that I use <laughs> on my tiara for skincare. So like I have one for every occasion. I have backyard barbecue tiaras. I have... <gasps> I have door answering tiaras because uh, I just buy everything on Amazon because I don't like leave the house very much anymore. Uh, I got kind of like an, I became an introvert during COVID. It was terrible. Mm. I mean, I love to go out, but now I just was like, eh, just bring it to me. 
<laughs> I, I have uh, door answering robes. Yeah, so well, but if you wear a tear, oh. they're kind of dazzled by that. They don't look at the rest. That's what it's really more of a distraction tool is what I use. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Can I, I tell you what? So one time I had a um, we were going to the fireman's ball <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is my skincare. I'm, I'm sorry. Wait, before you before you finish that, that, that um, story, June, I just have to say for our listeners, if you're yes. not watching this one. Yeah. June yeah. has tried on 15 different masks. She right. started off with a, with a green Frankenstein mask. Maybe I'm not uh, quite no, sure. That was the Hulk. The Hulk. The Oh, the Hulk, and the then Hulk and then good. went yeah. went into you know just uh, like a Batman or Catwoman mask. No, I and now that was, that was the that was Luke, and then Darth father. Vader. Darth Vader. What, what is a little scary to me is that she just has those right by the masquerade. A masquerade mask. Yeah, and <laughs> and now she's wearing a crooked nose mask thingy. It's a robber. Like, I'm a bank robber. Like oh, that's a bank robber. I was oh, going to yeah, say yeah. It, it looked more like you're the lady from uh, the Disney movie where she has the apple you know the the witch Ooh, that has the apple yeah, that's what you look like witch. yeah that's she what just, i thought you were michelle that's i think that we're i don't know what are we 37 episodes 39 episodes in and you've been waiting for 39 episodes to have an excuse to call me a witch so congratulations you got there you I'm got there. back out this is oh. a nice program oh my goodness well what i was gonna say is you said your the, the distraction of your your crowns on your sure. you know i um so when we go to the fireman's ball i would just order random dresses like 30 bucks or less online. And then I would try them on and then I would send back and I would just pick like the cheapest, prettiest dress I could find. And I came home from school with my son one day and it was in our driveway, just a JCPenney bag with a, you know, a ball gown in it. And I ran in, I put on the gown and the next thing I know the the somebody's knocking on our door and there's glass all the way around. And I look <laughs> and it was Jehovah's Witnesses. And I heard my son go, don't, don't, mom, no, don't open that door. And I go, oh, but I it. have to. So it was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday afternoon, three o'clock. I'm wearing a ball gown and tennis shoes. And they're like, hey, do you know about Jesus? And I was like, I sure do. And, you know, and so I had this like two second conversation. I'm like, seriously, guys, I got to go. And they were like, well, where are you going? Meaning the ball gown. And I go, oh, I got a chiropractor's appointment. And I shut the door and left. My son was like dying in the floor. So, you know, ball gowns, tiaras, it's all good. It's all good. Okay. So enough of the distractions. Yes. Funny gal, Sal. Listen. Okay. So you're with Michelle and I on laugh support. Yeah. And um, basically we just, we just kind of reach out and we, we talk to comedians about their journey. Michelle has been my laugh support friends since literally day one of my journey into comedy. Aww. And we were kind of curious, uh, who, you know, who has been there for you along the way from the beginning, middle, now, uh, whoever you want to share? Well, first of all, can I just take this off my face for a second? Because yeah, this, yeah, yeah. this is part of my journey is taking off my mask, mm. um, literally and figuratively, because I have been doing, I had done comedy just very part-time while I was working as a nurse, raising my children, which was my, always my primary. I mean, I consider myself a stay-at-home mom and, but I would work as a nurse a couple evenings a week. And then I taught singing. I was always really, cause we didn't have family in town. So we were always around um, our family and, and oh, I got to straighten my crown, you know, it's a mm, daily thing. I feel like we have to unmask as well. So. Yeah. So, so I'm when I my eyes a little more. I was going to be do comedy and I did a few things and I happened on comedy. I never set out to be a comedian ever. Mm. So they were having a chili comedy night at my church 
um, and this has been probably 25 years ago, and I had been working at the pediatrician's office, and my husband was with the kids, as he always was, and in the evening, so I went over to this chili comedy night. I didn't plan on anything, and there was like 350 people there, and the, mm. I walk in the back, and the and the the guy who was emceeing says, oh, come on down. You know, you're funny. Do something, and I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I just got up. I was tired. I asked for a stool. I said, can I sit down during the standup? Cause I'm tired. And, and, um, we just found this footage the other day. It's so funny. And I just talked for 20 minutes off the top of my head about my husband, my, the doctors I work for, my kids, and I got hired the next day. So I happened wow. into comedy. I didn't have any kind of a path. I didn't, mm. I didn't know it. So I, I started doing a few things, started getting paid, like literally the next day, like just doing some things. Then I did a lot of other, you know, events that were just like, oh yeah, I'll come and, you know, to talk to your ladies about this or that. So it kind of then snowballed to be around 2008 ish. I did an event. Catherine Tricoli was at it. It was at our church and I emceed it and I did comedy. And she said, you really ought to be doing this professionally. I mean, and I said, well, I don't know how to do any of that. And so I, um, I happened to meet a guy who was a comedian at a local comedy club. I had just gone to watch it and he said, have you ever heard of the CCA? I don't think he's part of it anymore, but I know um, his parents were comedians in, back in the mm. 80s. And, and uh, he, I said, no. And I, so I looked it up, you know, and then I called and it was David Pendleton was the person I called. And I said, oh, David Pendleton, I, you know, I tell him who I am. And I'm, I said, I really need some fellowship. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how yeah. to be clean woman comedian mm -hmm. um, when I'm really just mostly making peanut butter and jelly and giving, you know, and, and weighing children and, you know, I'm working right now. And, and, and anyway, so he, I said, can I come to your retreat? And at that time, this retreat that they were planning was just for like veterans, you know, people who'd been right. a long time, they were right. road warriors, which I was not, but I was like, oh, I want to go get it. Go mm -hmm. get it. And I just sobbed the poor man. I didn't, he, he, to this day, I always tell him if I text him, I'm, I need to talk to you. No crying included. <laughs> I just wanted fellowship. I just felt really alone. If you don't know mm -hmm. that you have this, um, and I had known it back at the very beginning, actually, I was offered to go on tour. Um, I'd never tell this story. I just really told it the other day to somebody. I had sent some of my stuff because I looked at the back of a DVD of someone um, who does, who was doing comedy at the time. And I talked to their manager, sent him material. And he said, yeah, you're very funny. We'd like to have you come get enough stuff together for a you know two hour show and we'll go. And my youngest at the time was three and a half and he had mm. just been diagnosed with a severe language delay. And I was like, so excited. But then I thought, I can't leave. Like, I can't go. Like, this isn't the right time for me. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't do it. And so all these years later, I feel like once I became an empty nester, and by the way, to the glory of God, he just graduated with a master's degree. Um, <gasps> and amazing. But you know what, it took so much intensive therapy and um, special schools and all the special needs things that he did. He was an, on an IEP till he went almost to high school. So there's a lot of things about comedy to me were timing, but David Pendleton was my sounding board. And mm. then as I got into it more later, um, Ken Davis was somebody I met because I had done a show where he was supposed to be the one to do it, but they took a chance on me and I did it. And then he flew in the next day to do something else. And I sat with him and he was kind of been an informal mentor all these years for me. And, um, 
And so, yeah, I just have had people who I think are great. And I remember watching Ken Davis the first time I saw him at a CCA event and he spoke and I know you guys have seen him, but you can hear a pin drop. Okay. And that's saying a lot in front of a room of comics who are always little conversations going. But Mm -hmm. I remember sitting in the back of that room, just tears on my cheeks because I thought, Lord, he's, this is the man who's been encouraging me and giving me guidance. Um, and I didn't even know he was like this. I didn't know yeah. how he was. And I thought if I could have picked any mentor, he would be the one that I would have picked. Yeah. And I didn't even know God picked him for me. So it's just been a journey of hit or miss and sometimes very lonely. Now that I tour with Aspire Women's Events, I love that. And I've met people. Michelle was the, probably the very first person I met at a CCA. Mm. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> out in LA. And then. Yes, I, I remember. And it. Well, I didn't know anybody at all. I didn't know anybody in the CC. I didn't know any comics. And I was out there. I did my little showcase. You know, you get your little three minutes or five minutes, whatever. And then Michael Jr. was my was my watcher, you know, and he oh, yeah, was yeah. being really complimentary afterwards and stuff. And I said, oh, thanks, Carl Jr. Because I had, <laughs> I had just driven uh-huh. Carl Jr.'s hamburgers to get there. And I didn't know who he was. And I said, Carl Jr. And you were standing outside the building. And I said, yeah, Carl Jr. really liked it. They go, you, who? I go, the guy, that guy in there just, you know, gave me all these nice comments. And they go, that's not Carl Jr. That's a hamburger joint. I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) I apologized to him like six years later. And he just acted like, you know, you know, Michael Jr. Yeah, whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know who I was. I don't know. He probably still, I don't care. I was just mortified. But yeah, I didn't know any of it. It was just been a matter of, that's why I take off my mask. Because I went to that event feeling like I should be this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. And for many years, I thought I should be like a club comic. I should be like this. I should be like that. When really I'm most successful, when I take off my mask, like I did that night at that chili comedy night, and I just talk about my life and with the way God has wired me, which is a little different. Mm-hmm. And I do, I feel like I bring the most glory to the Lord when I am just who he created me to be and nobody else. That's yeah. why. I, and I love skincare. So those two things. Those- <laughs> <laughs> now you do have, um, I, I know that you love like making up words and things like that, but it's also part of just part of your creativity. But this word here, can you e- explain this one a little bit? The inspiromity? Inspiromity, which by the way, I think a lot of people just don't understand it. The first person I presented that to said, no one will ever know what you're talking about. So I, I abandoned that word for a long time, but I think of comedy, of course, comedy is the comedy part. And then I think of inspiromity. So like in an, as a nurse, when we work in the hospital, especially like ICU, very ill patients, mm. we have them breathe into an inspirometer. We have them see what their capacity is, see what, how much basically life they have in them, in their lungs. Mm. And we breathe in. And, and I think of comedy is so inspiring to me. It's, it can mm. be inspiring. I, I set out a mission statement a long time ago, girls, and I, because I comedy just for the sake of comedy just leaves me dry. I don't, I don't care about that part. What I care about is using comedy to get a message in. Just like yeah. as a nurse, we use 
like if we're going to do a spinal tap or something, we have to numb the area. But to get the very valuable part out, we have to make it more palatable. And that's what I feel like comedy is for me. It's a tool to use to get something inspiring into my audience and to make them not and, and to numb them a little bit with laughter and right. You know, re relatableness mm -hmm. so that they feel like I am just like them because I am. I am no different than anybody else. And I just love I love the power that comedy has to help us get hard truths into people's hearts. That's mm -hmm. what it's about to me. Mm. I love that. I love that. Now, June, I know you probably have something rolling around in your head like you, I know well, you want to ask Well, there, there's a couple here. of things. I'm going to look up a quote um, the next time you guys are going back and forth. But Sally, when you said, I didn't know anybody at the CCA, I mm. think that that's, you know, just to shift on to our friend Michelle for a minute. We've interviewed, we've had, you know, several interviews at this point, And there have been so many people who were like, I went to the CCA and I didn't know anybody and I met Michelle and I met Michelle and I met Michelle. And that's, that's, uh, you know, that's how this relationship started is, you know, it, literally if Michelle is at the CCA, there's no one who can say, I don't know anyone at the CCA. Right. Because if you know no wagon. one, you will know Michelle. Yes. Yes. Because She's she, a I, 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 welcome wagon. That's all she is. Yes. She just comes in, but she makes you feel so at home. She'll show you what you need. She introduces you to people. And I'm not good at that. Like I'm, I'm not a good networker. I am with my friends here. I mean, I have a ton of friends and my neighbors and my, you know, just people. But when it comes to just bringing somebody in and making them feel instantly networked and all that. Michelle, she's the queen. You're so good at it. And I love that. And um, we need you. We need people like you in there just to really help people feel at ease. Cause I, I was, not, I was like, what, what am I even doing here? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, thank I, you. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I I see myself more as the door blocker. Like, I'm like, okay, do you belong here? Okay, okay. Oh, you do. Okay, you know what? You need to be at that table over there. Wait, who are you? Okay, you need to be over there. Like, uh, well, but that's the thing, though, is that you make everybody feel like they do belong. Um, yeah, I was telling her do. the other day, uh, Sally, that we were talking about an event and stuff and, and uh, you know, how the first time I met you, you were doing a show with Michelle in Bardstown. And oh, we gosh. had lunch together. Yeah. Uh, before the show that night, I had never been on stage before. I was just trying to figure things out. And Michelle's like, come on over. You're welcome to come. And not only did she invite me to come watch the show with you guys, she invited me to come have to, to fellowship to eat, have dinner, you know. And then there were a bunch of comedians who got the time frame wrong. And so it was just <laughs> myself and you and Michelle and the pastor. And I got to just have a conversation with you. And I told her the thing I remembered about you is that there really wasn't a lot of, it wasn't a lot of comedy talk. Mm -hmm. I remember you talking about being a nurse and I remember you talking about your family and some things you were going through at the time. And like, and I felt like I just connected with a human being, not a comedian Aww. at that dinner table, you know? And I thought that, you know, I thought that was really special. And then Michelle says to me, Oh, Hey, I'll give you three minutes if you want to hop up there and do a little something. Oh, and I was like, I don't want to do anything. I've never done anything. I don't want to do like, and she was like, no, you can do it. And I was like, no, I don't want to do it. And then, you know, she didn't push. There was no pressure. But I told her, I said, you know, a lot of comedians, especially shows, if you're organizing a show, you want it to be great. You want it to be amazing. You want the best of the best. You want to look good. You want everybody to have a good time. And most people are not going to go, hey, you who's never done comedy, go ahead. <laughs> 
like she gives people opportunities. Like she, she steps outside of that and cares not so much about how she looks, but how she can include people right in things. And that's, that's so huge, you know, and that you said that there was a time period that, um, that you didn't have people. Right. And then now Anybody. you do have people the the difference, you know, for for people who are, you know, really starting out and kind of in that moment when you talk about inspiring, is there something maybe that you could share about that that transition and journey and what it was like and how important it is if you can find that tribe to be around other people to lift you up? Oh, gosh. Well, I think. I think there's, that's a two prong. I mean, that's a two part question for me, because one thing is I would always say, um, no matter how much comedy you do, no, how, how professional you get, I don't even like the word big because, in, you know, how big you get, because in the kingdom, everybody is big, right? We all have our part to play, no matter how many gigs we're doing or how many people are there, what you get paid or not get paid. If you're doing that for the Lord, it's all big. So, um, so in that case, I would say no matter how you do, keep your tribe, your people who keep you grounded, no matter what. So in terms of that, um, I mean, I have I have my comedy peeps, but I have all my non-comedy peeps. And I still keep those people, those circles next to me to help help me always stay grounded. Because I think the world of comedy, as we you girls know, it can be like a labyrinth of of people, especially when you're with other ones, it gets comparative sometimes. And when we begin to compare ourselves is when we begin losing. Okay. So then, and the enemy wins because I, I don't, I don't want to compare myself. And I spend a lot, I spent a lot of time doing that. And even recently I've had some moments like that. So I think having the comedy peeps around you who are going to encourage you to be you and encourage you to follow God's path for you mm -hmm. Um, and not, and here's the biggest thing. And, and again, Ken Davis, I go back to him. Um, the biggest thing he told me it, and, and that I has stuck with me early on, he said, Sally, stop thinking about what people will think of you. Think mm. of what you are going to give to them. And that's all, that's your job. And that means your audience, your fellow people. I don't work. I didn't work with other people for the longest time. I didn't ever work with other comics. That was just me. I did my whole hour or whatever, mm. but it was, what can I give to the, when you shift the thought from, will people think I'm funny? Will people think I'm funny enough to be up here? Because what is funny enough? It's so subjective. There's no right. line in the sand. What does that mean? I mean, I do a lot of women's shows. My demographic are 30 to 80 year olds or 30 to 100. And they think I'm hilarious, but I'm sure there's plenty of men or, you know, you know, younger people who will be like, yeah, let's get a funny one on here, you know, but I was a mm -hmm. singer for years before. And that's the same thing. Some people love Celine Dion. Look how right. you know big she is inarguably, but some, I, I don't care to listen to her. So there's mm -hmm. some people that are, it's just subjective. That's why you have to know what the Lord's path is for you right. and keep the comedy people around you who help keep you grounded to that message, not just about mm. the ha -ha funny. I mean, you want to learn from people. There's people to learn from. And I love to, you know, I, I toured with Leland Clausen just uh, uh, on a weekend last year for marriage date night. And I Aww. love watching him. He's so brilliant. And I love watching other comics who I just can learn things from. But when it comes to my mission, I have to stay true uh, to, to what God's called me to do. So. Mm -hmm. I'd love that. Yeah. Do um I'm just curious, do you think that that's kind of the 
when when people say at the very beginning when you're when you're starting out like oh you got to find your voice you got to find your voice as a comedian do you feel like that's almost kind of the same thing about staying true to your mission mm. you found your voice in that process because you know you said that you take off the mask to mm-hmm. help people kind of you know to go a, a, a level deeper in their life mm-hmm. and and so is that part is your voice part of that mission? I'm just, I'm, you know, like your, your comedy voice. Is it, how do I, I don't know what I, my question is now. <laughs> that's right. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I think that's a great question um, actually. And, and by the way, I didn't say this. Thank you, June, for that. Uh, those comments about that conversation, because mm. I really, and I tell my, even my comedy friends this, I care about my relationships more than I care about my comedy career. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, and, and that's the thing that I thought when I would be leaving my son or my, and I had two other children too, that were young, like, you know, young, um, and I wasn't going to leave. And I thought I'm not willing to sacrifice my family or my relationships on the altar of a comedy career. Right. That wasn't worth it to me. Right. And I think in that way, I'm not willing to sacrifice who I am for a comedy mm-hmm. career either. In fact, some of the earlier, um, comedy conferences that I've been to, um, there would speakers would get up and say, um, you know, you need to do it like this, set, set, right. punch, tag like this, right. this is how you have to do it. And, and so I left that the whole next year trying to format my comedy that way. Mm-hmm. And I was categorically unfunny after doing that. Mm. I mean, literally where I would normally get laughs, just telling a story. And if you really look at the biggest, you know, earners, if you will, in, in, our field, especially women, we're storytellers, right? Yeah. We tell stories yeah. that are funny and it doesn't yes. fall into that set, set, punch, tag, callback. I mean, I know there's names for all of it. I just call it, I see the world differently. Sometime, one time backstage, somebody who was big in women of faith said to me, you know, Sally, when I listen to you, it's just like you're saying things that I'm thinking, but yours has come out like it's in a tornado. Yes. Yes. I, yes. I went, thank you. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't know. If, should I go out there or should I just leave and go home? Um, it was just, you know, I think we have to say, okay, this is how the Lord made me. Mm-hmm. And I've also heard people say, oh, you need to be at every single open mic there is, or you're not serious yes. about comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that from someone's mouth. And I went, how would that work when I'm doing homework with my 10 year old going oh, you know what, you, you know, algebra stuff, but mommy's right. got an mic to do like you yeah. guys, you know, handle mm-hmm. this. I mean, it's not a real life proposition for most people, especially women, I find. Yeah. You're going to really take care of the important things first. And it's always your family. It's always your family. So um, I guess in the end, I think I think really taking those really good, you know, there's very good comedy s- suggestions and things to to look at. But in the end, you have to say, run it through the mill of how did God make me uniquely? What are the experiences I've yeah. had? that make me unique? What, what has life thrown my way, my curves? And I've had five orthopedic surgeries in the last three years. Um, I wow. have terrible arthritis and I've had two injuries and like, you know, I was on tour and I broke my arm. So I, I use, I use yeah. those things that, uh, that have happened to me as part of my story now. And those things work and they resonate. So I just take what God has, has allowed to happen to me or has blessed me with all the different things. And then I use that to make a story that hopefully other people will relate to too, and find not only humor, but then some encouragement out of it too. Mm -hmm. Well, I tell you, we interviewed Leslie Robb 
you know, sweet Leslie Rob. She said she's <laughs> never been in the same space with you. I don't think you guys have ever physically met each One other. Time. One oh, time. Have you? I okay. Because she came to an Aspire show, but she left at intermission. So I thought she thought I stunk. <laughs> but I tell you, when we interviewed her, you were the name that she brought up. Exactly what you're saying is feeling like you spoke a word into her heart that said, it's okay, Leslie, to just be you and do it the way God made you to do it. And don't worry about all of the rest, you know, and she said that literally was such a freeing statement. And so if you haven't heard that episode, you'll have to go back in season one, listen to Leslie Rob because she had some amazing, wonderful things, which basically um, shows, you know, exactly what you were talking about, man. I don't know how 30 minutes have already passed. Michelle, this is crazy. We want to keep know. you for four more days. But, it, um, listen, are we folks. over? Is it done? I, I can't, I know, I know how 30 minutes passed. My husband could tell you she'll talk. She'll talk. Oh, listen, more than we love time. it. We, we love it. We love having you on here, which just means that we need to have you again. Um, and then maybe I'll have a mat, you know, I'll have the, I'll have the, uh, mask on then, but listen, friends, you have got to check out and follow funny gal Sal on all social media. And then she has a book. What am I looking at here? What didn't kill me made me funny. And it's got Stronger's crossed knocked out. out there. And it, what didn't kill me made me funny. Not just, it should say hilarious. So, ah, like, I've, I've heard so many <laughs> amazing things about you. And I will tell you, I found the quote. I love, I'm taking away from this, the whole idea of the numbing. When you mm -hmm. said we numb them to get in deeper. Mm. Um, and I'm glad that I looked it up because I was going to tell you that Abraham Lincoln uh, said this, you know, but also, I mean, Michael Jr.'s Carl Jr. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> but it was um, the author, uh, uh, Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde said, mm. if you want to tell people the truth, make them laugh. Otherwise they'll kill you. So that was his Ooh. quote in the 1800s. <laughs> so his was on a different perspective, but I, but I get it right. Sometimes when we got to tell people the truth, we just make them laugh. And y'all, the truth is that funny gal Sal is a, a rock star. You need to find yes. her anywhere that you can. Like I said, definitely follow her on all the social media platforms. You got to watch this episode for sure. So you can see exactly all the shenanigans that were going on. Please the live support podcast is on YouTube and the creation motion, creative motion network on Roku and Vimeo. Vimeo. Is it Vimeo, Vimeo. Michelle? There it is. Video. All right. And you can listen to us on any of the places that you listen to your podcast. So y'all, that's going to be it for this amazing episode of the Laugh Support Podcast. Funny Gal Sal, thanks for being with us. As always, y'all, Jesus and Junebug loves you. And Michelle, you little princess. I know. I love rocking that. That's very much a Queen Victoria. That's what yes. she wore. I think you just, you just, um, knight them or crown them or do whatever you do with your little scepter and let's get out of here my friend love you i want to say thanks for listening we love you love you uh sale sally 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 funny gal sale make sure you tune into her june i love you listeners i love you make sure you tune in and follow all of our socials see you next time Bye bye, bye.